All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to the Daily Faceoff Show. Your everyday source for the latest news with top-notch insight and analysis. Live every weekday at noon Eastern. Welcome into the October 21st edition of the Daily Faceoff Show. Tyler Uremstruck once again filling in for Frank Saravalli, who is in the air on his way to Seattle for the Kraken home opener this weekend. Once again, joined alongside Mike McKenna. Mike, how's it going, man? Oh, it's great. We're talking hockey. We've had some great stuff to watch. I mean, two, it was only two games last night, which is great when you're media because then you can really focus in. Love that oh, Golden yeah. Knights and St. Louis game. Massively entertaining. It's a good day to be a hockey fan, isn't it, Tyler? Always is. And we'll get to that St. Louis Vegas game in just a second. But first, our leadoff topic today, let's put 2.30 on the clock. There is a COVID-19 situation brewing with the Winnipeg Jets. It started when we found out Blake Wheeler was placed in COVID protocol. And then our very own Frank Saravalli reporting yesterday, almost a day ago exactly, that the Jets are bracing for more positive COVID-19 tests within their locker room. And they were waiting on lab-based results. And then Frank followed it up a few hours later with there actually might be some good news that some of those initially positive tests may be confirmed negatives now. And then we found out this morning, Mark Shifley is in COVID protocol. And then Chris Johnson of Sportsnet has since sent out that Mark Shifley entered after testing positive yesterday morning. He's asymptomatic, has since tested negative. And if he produces another negative test before puck drop tonight, he could actually come back into the lineup for the Jets home opener against Anaheim. I'm making your head spin with all this, aren't I, Mike? Yeah. I mean, it's just goes, it's all I can think of here is like, <laughs> man, if you're in that Winnipeg <laughs> locker room, you're looking around going, are we even playing hockey tonight? 
Uh, and, you know, I'm kind of thinking about this in a positive way for Winnipeg in that, listen, they, they're always 2 and one to start. They need a win pretty badly here. And Wheeler, we know, is probably out. You know, Shifley, who knows, and maybe more players. But doesn't this kind of take a little pressure off? Like, even though they don't know who's going to be in the lineup or what it may look like, this might be one of those moments where they all just go, ah, let's go play, whatever happens. And I think the weight of the situation and the pressure of the situation of being un, of being uh, without a win so far, it might actually take mm -hmm. that off of their shoulders right now. But it is daunting. If they're missing Wheeler and Shifley, that's a tough go for the Jets, but they do have the depth to continue to still win games. But they got to find it, man. We're going to be four games in. They better get a win on the board soon. Yeah, they're going to need one. They're 0-2-1, and we saw last year how, you know, a COVID problem, it derailed some seasons. I'm thinking of a team like the Dallas Stars as well, and the nice thing with so many players yeah. vaccinated is that when you run into problems like the Jets clearly are, it shouldn't be something that takes players out for two weeks at a time. It should be more like what we saw with Nathan McKinnon, who said, again, he was testing positive, but he was pretty much asymptomatic. Yeah. The Jets do have the forward depth to get through this, and I like the positive spin you took. Maybe this is just almost a distraction that comes at a good time for them and they can sit there and say hey whoever's going to be out there it's almost like it's almost like free money because you're just getting in the game tonight and again take some of the pressure off being 0-2 and 1 because it has not been a good start for the Winnipeg Jets and they're facing a little bit of pressure here tonight one team that is off to a fantastic start Mike is the St. Louis Blues and they're coming off a 3-1 win over the Vegas Golden Knights last night and then Vlad Tarasenko looked unbelievable. Game winner, seven shots on goal as well. This is a guy who's found his game. Definitely. And, and it's happened quickly. You know, Tarasenko the last couple of seasons was battling injuries. He's had his shoulder operated on, I, I can't remember if it's two or three times. Uh, and really that's been the root of his unhappiness in St. Louis is that he didn't think it was managed properly. For whatever reason, the team went back and forth with him about, you know, he wanted to be traded. He requested to be traded this offseason. Does he stay a blue? That's the biggest question mark for me throughout the year. And I think at this stage, this early, I think he does. He was excellent last night. His speed was back. He was carrying the puck with, with confidence, looked good on the power play. His shot was, was quick off the blade and had the game winner. I think the key factor here is if St. Louis keeps rolling and keeps winning, that cures all. Tarasenko finds his happy place once again. Maybe he lets everything else go out the window. The variable is that if St. Louis falls off, if they're not in contention come playoff time, and Tarasenko keeps playing the way he is, he will be a valuable commodity on the market, even at his cap hit. Because I believe this summer, teams were scared off of him because they didn't know what they were getting health-wise. If he can hold it together throughout the season, he'll be a valuable asset, not only for the Blues, but for any other team that may come calling a trade deadline. Yeah, and, and that was going to be my take on this as well, Mike, is you know if the Blues are competing for a division title come January, February, March, and they're still in the mix up there, how can you justify trading him at that point? Like, if you're Doug Armstrong, you unless some team is going to... Uh, yeah, unless some team's going to come blow your socks off with a crazy offer, then yeah, you consider it. But we've talked about it a few times now on the show... Their forward depth is great. Like lines mm -hmm. one through four, and especially that top nine, I think there's a case to be made that that's, you know, a top five forward group in the NHL. And again, if you're scoring well and you're in the race and you're looking like a team that can go on a deep playoff run, you're not just going to trade Vlad Tarasenko for the sake of moving him because he wants out. You probably go to him and say, listen, well, maybe look at it again in the offseason, but there's no way you can justify a move of Vladimir Tarasenko if you're competing for a division title. Remember, they won a Stanley Cup with Vladimir Tarasenko in the lineup. 
And there's been this thought percolating that maybe they'd be a better team without him. I still think that with Tarasenko in the lineup, the Blues are way more dangerous. I've faced him previously. He's a weapon on the power play. And five on five, when he's skating, when he's engaged, he's a game changer. The Blues are one of the teams in the NHL that remain undefeated, and there's a handful of them. You got Carolina, New Jersey, Florida, Buffalo, St. Louis, Edmonton, San Jose, and Minnesota. And actually, five of them are in action tonight. So we could have five of them completely wiped off that undefeated board. But our question here, Mike, which team will stay undefeated the longest? I'm interested to hear your take first. I love a challenge in life. I don't like anything easy. And that's the direction I'm going with my pick. I'm going to say the Florida Panthers. Now, this is a team that's going against the Colorado Avalanche tonight, a team that just got waxed by the Washington Capitals. The Avalanche need a response, especially from their best players. But here's the thing. The Florida Panthers believe right now. This is a deep team. They're led by Barkov, who's got his new contract in his pocket. He's got five points to lead the team, but their depth of scoring goes throughout the lineup. They've got three lines that are producing. They've got great D and their goaltending has been outstanding. We'll touch on that a little bit later, but I like what's going on in Florida that now they've got everybody buying into Coach Q's system. They've allowed six goals against in three games. Defensively, they weren't strong last year. They've gotten better at that now. And they're scoring. They've scored 14 goals. One player to keep an eye on there, Anton Lundell. Number 12 pick in the 2020 draft. He had a goal and an assist against Tampa Bay last time out. He's solidified down the ice at center. You need centermen that are homegrown. Florida Panthers have a really good one at their third line. There's a couple teams I was looking at when I when I did my research to answer this question. Uh, the St. Louis Blues, I'm going to give them my honorable mention. They got two games coming up against the LA Kings. The second one's on Tuesday as well. So they actually play twice between today and next Tuesday, which probably goes into them being a team that can be the last undefeated one, even if they're only playing twice in the next five, six days here. But then they get Colorado after. So I was... I was scared off from that Colorado matchup, so I'm actually going with the Minnesota Wild. They're getting the Anaheim Ducks oh. on Saturday. Very winnable game. In the second of back-to-backs, they're taking on the Nashville Predators on Sunday. Again, this team's rolling right now. Joel Eriksson-Eck is looking good. They got Cappers off back, and there was no you know holdout into the regular season there. I like the way the Minnesota Wild are rolling. I actually didn't even love their group coming into the season, so I'm surprising myself a bit in picking them here. But I like the I like the Wild to keep it rolling, and then you know what? If they win both this weekend, they get Seattle and Vancouver next week. I think in the reverse order. Yeah, it's Vancouver then Seattle. Man, I'm looking at this Wild team right now, and I don't see a losable or a game that's not winnable. Maybe I should say on their yeah. schedule for the next week plus year. I really like what's going on in Minnesota. Let's move on to our fourth topic, a pair of big fins, both drafted back in 2016. And I mean, if you would have flashed up a still image of this screen a couple years ago while Line a was scoring in Winnipeg and Yesa Pugliarvi was out in Finland, kind of an afterthought, even for the most diehard of Oilers fans, this guy was, you know, a castaway. He was a guy who no one thought was going to factor into things in the NHL for, for that organization. And I mean, you look at it now, there's a legitimate question here. Who do you think will score more goals this season? Yeso Pugliarvi or Patrick Laine? Oh, man, this one's going to come down to the wire, I truly think. I think Patrick Laine has the higher ceiling when it comes to scoring goals mm-hmm. because we've seen it previously. He's always been over 30 goals when he's been on a team that plays the full 82 games. Last year, he only had 10 goals and 45. But Patrick Laine is feeling the flow. We saw the picture of him walking in wearing the shades, the turtleneck, the jacket. He's the man in Columbus right now. 
there's not a whole lot there uh, to go supporting him. He's the guy that's going to be the trigger man on the power play. But I think Pooley Arvey playing with the Edmonton Oilers, I think he's going to hit 30 goals this year. He's getting to the front Ooh. of the net. He's playing hard. He doesn't look lost like he did when he first came over. Uh, I saw him play in the American Hockey League, and he didn't know where to be on the ice. Now he does. He's going to the right areas, and he's got support in that lineup throughout the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, the situation Pugliarvi is in is why he's my answer here as well. I've loved the start that Columbus is off to. I think they'll be a scrappy team, a really tough out on most nights. Mm -hmm. But yes, so Pugliarvi, he gets sort of the back half of the power play with that top unit. Hyman goes over the boards first. Pugliarvi plays the last little bit. So he gets a chance with what should be the best power play in the league. And I think he's going to be glued on McDavid's wing once again this year. He scored 15 goals in 55 games last year alongside Connor McDavid and Pugliarvi, at least to me, looks like he's taking another step forward here. He's also got a bit of a mean streak, Mike. He spent the summer taking boxing lessons so that he could be more prepared when he's in scrums and mixing it up in front of the net. And I agree. I think, yes, Pugliarvi is a guy with 30-goal potential. The question, yeah. though, I'm taking Pugliarvi. If you flipped them situations, if you put Line A on the Oilers, Pugliarvi in Columbus, what would your answer be? i go Line A. I would. I do think he's a better pure scorer at this point. But, I, you know, what's the question for me? What's the magic number? I think 30 goals is what we're looking at here. I think one of these two is going to be just over that mark. 32-33 is going to lead it, but I think they're going to be really close to one another. Should be really close and should be an interesting Olympic conversation as well out in Finland with those Very two. So. Uh, let's move on to our big segment and go inside the blue paint with our former goalie, Mike McKenna. A couple or three situations here. We're going to take a peek at. The first one is out in Dallas where... On the surface, you're kind of going, man, crowded crease, right? There's so many names in there. And if Ben Bishop gets healthy, I mean, who knows what could happen with that situation in Dallas. But you're liking what you're seeing from Braden Holtby? I am. And Braden Holtby, the last couple of years, it's been tough for him. He was not good in Vancouver last year, especially at the start, the first half of the season. And really the season and a half before that with the Washington Capitals, I really didn't like his game. He looked comfortable to me. It looked like he lost that fire that he had when he came out of the American League with the Hershey Bears blew the doors off in Washington, wins the Stanley Cup. I think that it was good for him to go to Vancouver and be humbled a little bit. Thatcher Demko owned that crease, and he also had the opportunity, Holtby did, to work with Ian Clark, the goalie coach in Vancouver. And I look at Holtby's game now, and I see details coming out that I hadn't seen in a couple of years. He'd kind of gotten lax on them. His skating's better. It's crisper. He's using his posts and playing between them. I like what he's doing. He's one on one in the season, but he's stopped almost 95% of shots. He's got to keep that up, though. The last two years, he's been sub 900. That's not good enough in the National Hockey League, but he does have a good supporting cast in Dallas and the team. And in goalie coach Jeff Reese, he's phenomenal at working with goaltenders with different skill sets. Look at Bishop and Hudobin, completely different goalies. Jeff Reese has gotten the best out of both of them, and now he's got another, another bullet in the chamber with Braden Holtby. Follow-up question for you on that. They also have young Jake Ottinger sitting in their organization as well. Of that group of four, Hudobin, Holtby, Bishop, and Ottinger, which one do you think which one do you think is the most likely to get moved before the deadline here in the next few months? I think Anton Hudobin is. You know, with all the, the situation with Bishop as health questions, we don't know where that is. Uh wants to come back and play. And I still think Bishop can, but he's been out for almost the better part of two years it feels like at this point so it's the great unknown uh and, and Hudobin is you know he, he's on a contract where I think you could move him 
especially if Holpe's the guy who's playing the bulk of the games. If this continues the way it, we expect it to, because Holpe was so good in training camp, he seems to have gotten that job. Uh, I don't see Ottinger going anywhere. He's the goalie of the future uh, in Dallas and played well last year uh, when he was up. So I think Hudobin's the most likely, unless it flips, unless Hudobin catches fire, Holpe's easy to move at the deadline with his contract. Yeah, that's a good point as well. Uh, let's move on to the second team we're taking a look at, and it's out in Florida where Spencer Knight and Sergei Bobrovsky are off to a good start. Well, everybody, it felt like, had written Sergei Bobrovsky off, and I got to tell you, you can never take this guy out of the picture because he works so hard. He's so diligent about his craft. I think the last few years have been hard on him because he's gotten into his own mind. He left Columbus where everything was built around him. He gets to Florida. It's a new setting. The team, you know, they're on the rise. But when he first showed up, they weren't. They were treading water. Things were a bit lost. He was supposed to be the savior. He had all the weight on the weight of the world on his shoulders. That's a hard scenario to be in. You know, it was his first year working with Rob Tallis, the goalie coach. Now they've brought in an even bigger goalie structure to the coaching staff down there in Florida. Roberto yeah. Luongo heads up the goalie department. Francois Allaire, who is on the goalie Mount Rushmore. One of the greatest goaltending coaches, goaltending minds ever. He cut his teeth with Patrick Waugh, with Sherbrooke in the American League, carried it to the NHL where they won a Stanley Cup together for the Canadians. He won another cup with J.S. Jaguar in Anaheim. Francois Allaire knows what he's doing. He's a consultant to that group. Uh, between Rob Tallis, Roberto Luongo, I think Bobrovsky's game is at the level where he's ready to get back to where he was in Columbus. He looks more controlled. He's more compact. He's not reaching as often. He's 2-0 and on this season. Uh, he's only allowed five goals against, but man, Spencer Knight, this kid is the real deal. I love his mindset. He doesn't take hockey too seriously. He knows it's just a facet of him as an individual. It doesn't define him, and I love that. He goes out there, he takes care of business. He's won one game this year, but man, allowed one goal against. I love where the where the Panthers are, not just this year, but into the future. I know that it's $11 million in goaltenders tied up, but you got two more years of that. And if you win a cup, if you're a contender, you can figure out what to do with Bob a couple of years from now when you have to, when Knight's yeah. ready to take that number one role. I love the goaltending tandem in Florida. Yeah, I mean, you said it. You're spending $11 million. Even if Spencer Knight needs a new deal in a few years and you're up to, you know, $14, $15 million on your goalies, I yeah. get that. You're it's looking like, at man, a bridge a deal there number. probably, I think. Yeah, Yeah, you're looking at a bridge deal. You're on $14, $15 million. But even at that point, if the two of them are one of the best duos in the league, that's the most important position to get right if yeah. you want to build a contender. So why would you be upset with spending $14, 15000000 million one day if you have two legitimate number ones? Well, it, it is a huge amount of money. You know, we're seeing that with the Montreal yeah. Canadiens right now. But I think you also look at it as that, hey, if Bobrovsky, Bobrovsky gets his game back to where it was, who's to say somebody isn't looking at four or five years left on his contract and willing to take on that $10 million hit? It would be late in his career, be in his 30s. Yeah. I'm not saying it's probably something that's going to happen, but it could. I think right now nobody's going to take that contract. But a couple years down the road, maybe that could happen, and it would let Knight grow into that role. And I think, too, this is a good tandem because Knight is focused big picture. He's not the type of person that's going to look at this and go, man, I'm getting screwed here. He's going to take it all in stride and know that his time will come. The third topic out in Detroit. You got uh, some insight on Thomas Grice. Well, I just think this is one of the most underrated goaltenders that we've seen in the last decade in the NHL. You look at what he, how he has performed. He's got a 915 career save percentage. He's bounced around, played with the Sharks, played with the 
Pittsburgh Penguins. He's played with the Islanders. He's with Detroit. I think I'm missing somebody in that mix, Arizona. <laughs> um, and, you know, he only had one down season in his career. You know, he was one sub 900 year in 2017-18, and then he bounced right back. And, you know, I look at what he's done this year on a Detroit team who I think is resurgent and is probably a little bit ahead of the time frame of what people think for them to contend. He's allowed two goals in two games this year. Okay, two wins. He's playing at his normal level. He just quietly goes about his business. I think Thomas Grice has been underrated uh, for a long time. He's always been somebody that's been considered a tandem goaltender, never really given the reins, but he's thrived in that role. I like where they're at because I think Nadelkovich can feed off of it. And he can, again, similar to Florida with Bobrovsky and Knight, Nadelkovich can grow into his role as a starting guy again or as a tandem with Grice as this season progresses. We're going to put a little bookmark in the name Thomas Grice here and move on to our inbox question. That was Inside the Blue Paint with Mike McKenna. Once a week, going in-depth on goaltenders around the league. Our inbox question, if you want to have yours on the show, send it in with hashtag ask dfo this one comes from brandy bear 88 on twitter who wants to know he's he's considering arizona and buffalo the two big sellers and i mean the way things are going right now mike hey maybe the buffalo sabers are buyers i'm kidding of course um but brandy <laughs> no you're not no <laughs> they're a wagon right now man <laughs> uh brandy wants to know which will be the third team other than those two to go into fire sale mode before the trade deadline and this is actually where i was going to go with detroit like you mentioned thomas grice i wonder if there's a contending team out there who wants to shore up their goaltending before the deadline he's a he's a pending ufa like maybe a guy like thomas grice ends up getting moved uh, but a third team outside of Arizona and Buffalo who you think could go into fire sale mode before the deadline, Mike, what's your answer? Yeah, I, I man, I think Calgary's kind of looking down the barrel of that Ooh. gun right now. And, and I think about Buffalo, and I'm not really sure what else they have to sell. You know, they, they've done That's a pretty right. good job, and so is Arizona, getting rid of just about everything, uh, unless they want to continually flip out players on bigger contracts if they can. Um, but Calgary, to me, they've got to win games. They've got a lot of people that are either UFA or RFA, and I think a Johnny Goudreau who's going to need a new contract. Matthew Kachuk's an RFA. You know, Sean Monahan has been so inconsistent. I just don't think that the Flames are going to be able to take a big step this year. And, and there's players on that team that are worthwhile. You know, I think people would take a huge run at Matthew Kachuk if they could. He's going to be a valuable commodity. Even Johnny Goudreau yeah. uh, is someone who's going to be forever intriguing. So I think the Flames are really in danger of falling off a cliff. And I, I, I think about it from the goalie standpoint. Jacob Markstrom, excellent goaltender. But right now, it doesn't matter how good he is if that team cannot shore up defensively and find some jam. So, uh, yeah, Arizona and Buffalo, they've pretty much sold the farm already. I think Calgary's my pick. I was looking at uh, the two California teams, San Jose and Anaheim, both off to pretty good starts, but both are teams that most project to finish in the bottom third of that division. And I'm looking at the Anaheim Ducks and the amount of pending UFAs they have. Mm -hmm. Up front, it's Ricard Raquel and Ryan Getzlav. And on the blue line, it's Josh Manson and Hampus Lindholm. And I'm looking at that and I'm going, you know, the Ducks are in such a fascinating spot because you can see that next generation. It's there. It's in their lineup right now for the most part. But if they're not in the playoff race this year, do they sit there and go, you know what? Let's get another round of future assets here. I think Lindholm and Manson would bring back a really good return. Raquel, I mean, he might get you a first-round pick at the deadline. You never know. Yeah. And Ryan Getzlav as well. Teams would love to get a good veteran like that for their bottom six for a big playoff run. I look at the Ducks. 
if they don't think they're close on extensions with any of those guys get, as we get closer to the deadline, they could be a team that really, really sells off and almost controls the market with the number of assets they could move. Yeah, and what's been so interesting to me about the Ducks is that they've more or less treaded water the last couple of seasons when it comes to moving players at the deadline or even signing free agents. They haven't done much. And yes, they have young talent, but they've had underperforming young talent up until this year. Now, Zegras yeah. and, and Drysdale, man, these guys are, they're sick players. They're bringing it. But even some of the other guys that you're looking at, like Terry, is he going to take a step? And, and it filters through the lineup that I think the Ducks need something more here. They should, probably should have started a rebuild a year or two ago and get rid of assets. Like you mentioned, um, I know that there were whispers last year that teams were going after Ryan Getzloff, but his contract made that difficult. I had heard that Vegas Golden Knights were one of those teams, and I do believe it. I think he would have been a pretty nice fit there for the playoff run. But now he's manageable with his cap hit. And would he be willing to go somewhere for another cup run? I could see that. So uh, I like your pick in Anaheim, and I do think that they have some of those assets that could bring a pretty tangible return. I know we're going a little bit long here on this inbox question, but it's a great one from Brandon. Last name, just really quickly in 20 seconds. If Chicago's out of it, any chance Marc-Andre Fleury would get moved to a contender? Or do you think he's just in Chicago and riding it out for the year? I don't think he's going to want to. And I don't think that there. there's going to be many teams that would look to make a move at the deadline. We talk goalies all the time, but nobody's won a Stanley Cup with a goalie that wasn't homegrown in over a decade. So I think unless the mm. Pittsburgh Penguins came calling, which seems to be everybody's grand plan in the end game for Marc-Andre Fleury to write the fairy tale ending, I just don't see it happening. I think he's going to have a lot of say in where he would go, especially after what happened in Vegas. I think the, the Chicago Brass would... Uh, pretty much defer to what he would like to do at the deadline. And I'd be surprised if he'd go anywhere unless his heart was truly in it. Fair enough. All right, we went long on the inbox, so let's quickly roll into our daily best bet segment. It is brought to you by our friends at PointsBet. A couple of games on tap. Also, 2-0 and last night. Feeling good. I'm up to 6-4-1 and on the year with my picks. First one, Washington Capitals. They are taking on the New Jersey Devils. It is apparently going to be Scott Wedgwood going for New Jersey in this one. He it's his season debut. He had a 9-11, or sorry, a 3-11 goals against average and a 900 save percentage last season. And they rarely won in his starts last year. So I like Washington on the money line. When I looked at it, it was minus 121. It's already up to minus 131 as well. So this line is slipping towards Washington. I loved the game they played against the uh, Colorado Avalanche. So I'm going back with a Washington Capitals money line for my first play. Also, no Jack Hughes for New Jersey in this one either. And my second play. We're going to the desert where the Edmonton Oilers are taking on the Coyotes. No Mike Smith for the Oilers. He was placed on IR. That means Miko Koskinen is getting the start for Edmonton. And Vamelka, Vamelka, I really hope I'm not butchering the, the poor guy's name. He, he was good in their start against the Buffalo Sabres. But man, this Oilers team is looking dangerous right now. Their power play, we've talked about it so much. Arizona actually has the worst PK in the NHL right now and Edmonton gives up a ton of chances so considering how how much Edmonton has struggled in their own end this year and also combined with how good their offense is and the Koskinen goaltending matchup here I really like the over you can see right there it's set at six um, you can actually go in the nice part about points but you can see there's 155 total wagers here on uh, or per game pretty much 
you can get this line at five and a half at about minus 154. I know the payout's not great, but I think this game's going to go over five and a half goals. So that is my second bet of the game. It is a busy slate around the NHL, though. And now we're going to wrap up the show with a little bit of garbage time. And Mike, it's my last day of the week hosting, filling in for Frank. So I'm going to take on garbage time. Why not? I'm just the host. Go, I can do whatever I want. What do you, right? I yeah, know. What do you have for us? I think you got something interesting. Let's hear it. Anyone who knows me knows I am a massive Jersey nerd. And last night, I loved turning on the Boston-Philadelphia game and seeing a home team in white and an away team in their dark jersey. I also love those Bruins jerseys with the big B. I do not understand why the NHL always, like 98% of the time, has the home team in white and the away team in dark. With modern communication, they should be able to figure out a way that, hey, this team's going on a road trip. Guess what? They're bringing their darks for this road trip. The home team's wearing white. The WHL does it where at the halfway point of the league, they actually flip and the home team will wear the other color for the rest of the year. I would love to see the NHL start to mix it up a little bit more with their colors and the jerseys. Have the home team wearing white sometimes. Hey, if you have Nashville wearing their yellows and they're playing, let's say, Toronto, put Toronto in their blues as well. Get more creative with the jersey matchups. It's an absolute nerd thing for me to be ranting about, but I love jerseys and I want to see them mixed up a little bit more, Mike. Tyler, I couldn't agree with you more. I grew up in the era of white jerseys as your home. That's what you wore. And as a fan, you'd get to see all the different colors come into the building. You know, I was lucky enough to go to games because my, my dad and my grandfather were off-ice officials in St. Louis. And I loved the colorful uniforms that came in. It's so boring for fans to walk into the building and know they're going to face white jerseys yet again from the road team. Totally yeah. agree with you on, with, on this one, Tyler. I know it's harder on the equipment managers because they may have to bring two sets on the road. I get, it's the National Hockey League. Figure it out. Give the fans some colorful jerseys. Hey, eh, Tyler? Exactly. If I was commissioner for a day, that is the one thing I would change. And that is ridiculous that I believe <laughs> that. But that's the way I would <laughs> Everyone would have these big grand plans. I'd say, no, listen, we got to do something about the colors of the jerseys, everyone. Uh, but that is all the time we have on today's show. Mike, it was a ton of fun getting to sit alongside you for the last couple of days. Gregor and Greeley tomorrow. Mike, enjoy the game tonight. Enjoy your weekend. Thanks to everyone who tuned in. This has been the Daily Faceoff Show. We'll be live again tomorrow at noon Eastern. Thanks for watching the Daily Faceoff Show. Make sure you hit subscribe on our YouTube channel to never miss an episode. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.